Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure episode 12. I'm Johnny Seafan. Every week I'm joined by one very special guest where we say it's okay to not be okay. Now this podcast, Secure the Insecure, is sponsored by Jennings & Co. Financial Planning. Making financial planning easy to understand. For more information, go to jenningsfp.co.uk. So thank you so much for listening to episode 11 last week with Paul Danan. What an amazing episode and what an amazing man he is. Um, Personally, it was really interesting for me because it got picked up by so many publications. The Mirror Online, The Sun Online, The Mail Online and Digital Spy Online all put out my podcast, Security and Secure. And it's so important to say it's okay to not be okay. And now people are finding out how to be educated and how to know that actually I'm not alone. That is the most important thing. And that's what I aimed to set out when I started the podcast back in March. Now, on this week's show, you're going to hear from Melanie Blake. Now, you might not have heard of Melanie, but you'll know a lot of people who do know Melanie. She looks after a lot of the loose women, such as Colleen Nolan and Syrah Khan. She worked with a lot of famous actresses, including Claire King from Emmerdale. And she is formidable. She is one of the best agents in the country in the country. I have so much respect for her and I was delighted that she came down to London especially to see me to talk about her new book The Thunder Girls. So as well as The Thunder Girls we also spoke about the media industry. What's it like to be a talent agent? What's it like being in this media landscape now where there is so much tick boxing coming along? Now it's one of the most insecure industries ever. Everyone is after your job. You know every presenter wants to be hosting this morning but there's only two positions. And they've been in there, and Phil and Holly have been in there for a very long time. So what's it like being a presenter and the insecurities that come alongside that? We're going to find out from that and also all about the Thunder Girls. Now, the Thunder Girls is a brand new book by Melanie Blake, which is out now. And it features four girls, Anita, Carly, Roxy and Chrissy. And together, they were this band who 30 years ago were massive. They then had a break. And there's a reunion 80s tour, which they could be part of. And it is one of the best books I ever read. I read it in four days. It's bitchy. It's sassy. There are catfights, but there is also an underlying value of love. So we're going to start by talking about the Thundergars. Over to you, Melanie. And how does it feel to have your book finally published? It was a very long journey because I wrote it in two parts. The first time, which was in 1999, when... I was offered a huge deal for it. Now, if we go back to 99, I was working at Top of the Pops as a sort of informal um, assistant, really, on the show. It was sort of a... It's 
it's the most extremely weird thing ever. I was meant to be a camera assistant. They realised I wasn't very good. They realised I connected with the artists. Bear in mind, I was, you know, 20 years old, which is insanely young. They just let me stay, which was really weird. But what I noticed on my very first day was that nobody told pop stars the truth. And because all I knew was that I was booked for one day at Elstree Studios for 100 quid. I had nothing to lose. So I saw Kylie doing this routine and I noticed that there was a light that was shining on her hair. She was really blonde and it made it look blue and not in a good way. And when she came off, I just walked over to her and went, did you know that that light in the middle bit makes you look blue? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you might want to check the monitor. And you could sort of see she was a bit annoyed that someone hadn't sort of checked that for her. So she went, oh, thanks very much. And the die was cast like that very second. I literally just spent the whole day giving people tips. Westlife were in and they had a routine where they would be sat on chairs and then they always used to do the key change and stand up and someone had given them wind machines and they had silk shirts and chairs and wind machines which do not go together and it was not flattering and no one was telling them so I took one of them over to one side and I went you might want to look at the monitor get it turned around and look at what the wind machines are doing to the fabric and they were like do you know what thanks very much so instantly I had this sort of bond with people that people didn't generally say anything to. And the management and the crew there just seemed to sort of think that that was a job in itself. So that began a four-year process. So hold on, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. 20 years old as a girl Mm -hmm. who is with all these massive, massive names in pop. Massive crew, because Top of the Pops is that Top Fits game. And you're going in and almost rubbing people up the wrong way, yet that led to a job. And that's what we always say, you know, you, uh, when you apply for a job, they always go, what don't you like about a programme? And you go, oh, it's brilliant, it's doing this and this. Absolutely. But actually, it's the other end, which people don't see, because yeah. you've all got an eye. So you've had that eye. I've always had, I've always had, in the business, and obviously I've been around 20 years now, I've been known as the eye. I can walk into a studio and see an entire set that's spent a whole day getting ready built, and in two seconds I can still see exactly what's wrong with it and what it needs to do. And I've always had a good instinct. And what happened over that week, I would literally look at bolder and bolder and I would and artists would play records to me and go they want this to be the next single and I would go that is going to bomb it's not going to work and sometimes they listened and sometimes they didn't and when they didn't they then came back to me and went oh my god you were right and this just slowly built up this rapport which is what happened with Claire uh, Richards from Steps she was the only one of Steps that would come into the rehearsal because obviously she's a lead singer so she was interested in seeing what was going on with the other performers and she said to me about two years in do you know you'd make a brilliant manager and I said who would hire me I I have not even got a job title. I can't even believe I'm in here. She went, you've got great ideas. If I ever go solo, I will call you. Anyway, skip forward two years. She's left steps. I finally lost my job at Top of the Pop. Somebody realises that what I do is not actually a job. And I had written The Thunder Girls, which was a take on these four girls that hadn't seen each other for 30 years, that were once the biggest girl group in the world. But that happens to be a subplot. It's the fact they were friends, which was what was important. And I was also a journalist at the time, untrained, lagged my way through everything. I got myself onto a, a local newspaper and worked my way up through the system until I got into the actual proper uh, uh, Fleet Street editions, which was, again, almost just quite unbelievable that I could do it, but I did. I managed to get a job at Hello Magazine. I did all these things and I basically got my sort of credentials enough to get a really good agent, a brilliant agent. The Thunder Girls was optioned immediately by a ginormous publisher who said, we love it, we'll take it, we'll give you all this money, but the women are too old. 
And I went, what do you mean they're too old? I went, they're in their 40s and 50s. It's been 30 years since they've seen each other. They have to have lived. They are women, not girls. They've had births, marriages, deaths, disaster, disease, everything that could happen has happened to them. We have to have that. And they were like, yeah, nobody's really interested in middle-aged women. And how about making them posh? And I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm living in a bed set. I'm broke. I was 50 grand in debt, actually. I had four credit cards and five bank loans. This was back in the days of PPI when banks would just give you anything. It was so wrong, but they just kept lending. So I kept taking. And I sat in my little bed set and I was like, do you know what? I failed. I've given it a best I can I rang up the bankruptcy number and I got the most vile woman that I can ever describe who was so hideous to me now they're lovely too if you want to go bankrupt but back then they were vile she was like we will ruin your life make sure you can't ever get another credit card get a mortgage or anything and literally we will investigate everything you've ever done I got off the phone and I was like wow this is literally going to be the end of me and I swear within about an hour the phone rang, didn't recognise the number, and it was Claire, and she went, it's Claire Richards, and I went, hi, and she went, I'm ready. She went, I'm sending a cab for you. Come over to my house at the start, and I literally went to her house, and that day, I became a manager. Jane McDonald said that she didn't really make it until she was 50, and there is something about the market. I mean, look, you look now at the media landscape, and you see... Yeah how many young people are doing it and becoming the faces because they've been a big Instagram influencer we see mm. of Love Island. Um, strictly this and stri- week. I was going to say, strictly with I don't even know these. Stars. I don't even know who these people are. No. But that's who the media are making. You know, you look at this morning that mm. Maura Higgins has now got a presenting job, which yeah. Cam Cessna did, which Toff did. And they're in this machine where they do it for two years and they leave again. That's Whereas right. when you make it later on in life and you've got the life experience, you've got the mm. anecdotes, you've got the stories... You're now, you've now made it. Look, you're an amazing manager. You've got amazing clients. But also, at the same time, you're going to do a bit of you. And you're That's going to balance right. it and do a bit of both. And writing a book like The Thunder Girls and getting it sold everywhere and yeah. the amazing story you told there came from the heart. And without those life skills, without building up experience, you'd never been able to do that. It wasn't the right time. And I now know that because I would have been too young to have handled it. And it took that. But also, really interestingly, what you say there is... I specifically turned down every reality contestant, every star that was made from Geordie Shaw to Towie. I never touched them, ever. I only represented at my brand celebrities that had a broadcast or um, background that had been pre-digital. So if it was a soap star, she had to have been pre-2000, which meant if she got married on a show, 25 million people watched her. And this is where I was really clever. I knew that that audience were getting older with her, were getting divorced with her, were living their life with her. Now, she might not still be on television anymore, but I knew they were still interested. So, for example, the likes of Claire King that I put back into Emmerdale, Gaina Faye that I moved from Coronation Street to Emmerdale, um, other actresses that we've put into EastEnders, Hollyoaks, um, we are a UK company, so there are no Hollywood mentions there because that's what we've concentrated on. Lots of them were considered that they weren't going to get that other run. We fought for them because we knew that they were cared about. And in this throwaway digital society, which we're in now, um, no one's going to care about these people in two years. I give Kem six months shelf life if there's, if there's any left. 
at all. I mean, literally, that's no offence to him. I'm talking about the brand of what you see them being hired to do. You know, the Gemma Collins situation at the moment, that's quite a surprise to me that after uh, after Dan's Gone Ice, that there's been so much that's been offered to her because she's had so many ups and downs in the media. And I can only assume, and this is not a popular opinion, but having worked in this industry for such a long time, and I know because Claire and I went through this, a lot of Claire Richards's requests were because at the time she was a bigger girl. Once she lost that weight and kept that weight off, she had to work 10 times harder to get what she wanted. I think with Gemma, because she is a larger girl, uh, she gets to be like the example of, oh, and we do have one of everyone. So we have her, Sheridan Smith calls herself the Northern Turn, uh, who parodies chips and gravy. Scylla Black was incredibly scouse. It's like, if you're different, then the differenceness is pushed in your face. And then, so for example, Gemma Collins is a diva. That's the brand. It's like, you know, Claire Richards was the fat one from Steps, even though she had the most amazing voice. Colleen Nolan is common, which is not actually the case. She's just normal. So you get pigeonholed. So it depends on whether you work with that branding or you don't. I mean, the worst thing for any actor that's ever been in a soap is the frustration of knowing that that is what everybody wants them to do once they've done it. And so few of them managed to break away. And even if they break away for a long time, Tamsin Outfway had a fantastic career. Then it slowed as she got older and went back into his standards. And I'm sure she'll have a great career again. There is just a, there's a strange thing here that when you're known for something that it's hard to get away from. And Gemma Collins has never been Gemma Collins. So that's working for her at the moment. But the chem reference, like I said, those presenting gigs, you're not going to get rich like that. I think Mark Wright is probably the last of that era to have banked that money. There is a huge Colleen story, which is when we were and representing that's Colleen her. Nolan, Colleen Nolan, who does Lisa yeah, Rosa, yeah. Who we represent and was also in the Nolans reunion tour and is in the Thunder Girls and I've worked with for nearly 20 years now. And she was in Dance Gone Ice in 2009 and she polled 63% of the entire phone vote. There was 16 people. So we were able to use that to go to the network and go, she is really popular. This is great. That then brought her other work. She then was getting married. So she lost five stone and became a size 12 and looked like a completely different woman, at which point she was offered primetime television, which she had never, and ever done. Uh, she she hosted Dance Gone Ice Friday on, on ITV1. Right. She hosted The Truth About Eternal Youth with Louise Redknapp. You won't find any woman plus size in primetime, lesser in a what? soap. Um, and so we were asked to take her to a rival network, a very big network, to talk about a show and she has said this story it actually went global and in the middle of this meeting she had put a little bit of weight back on so she might have gone back to a size 14 but she looks gorgeous whatever size she is the executive said we'd love to offer this, this show we think it'd be great but what are we going to do about that and he actually prodded her in her stomach and we both looked at each other as if to go did that really just happen and he went I mean, Fern Britain's had a gastric band. Perhaps you could get one of those. He actually said that. And we both were in such shock that we didn't really react. The meeting then went on. Anyway, we left. And when we walked out, she was like, I don't want that job. Like, if it if it's for someone like that, so she shouldn't take it. And it was a major, major show. Went on to make this person a huge primetime uh, 
uh, name. And uh, that sort of stuff happens all the time behind closed doors. But positive discrimination is a strange thing because you want the best person to have the job to have the job, not the not the person that fits or ticks the box. You've got to be able to you've got to be able to do it. And that's my problem with reality stars is, you know, being famous is not a job. You know, look at you, you're a broadcaster. You're building around your brand. You not only have the power within the building that you do to choose the content and the guests and what you're doing, you're working on your own podcast and developing your own conscious stream of where you want to go. That's intelligence. That's talent. That's work. For me, I will never forget my first, you know, what we call a splash. Anyone that is listening that doesn't know what that is, is the front cover of a newspaper. It's also called a page one, um, but it's the front cover. I call it a splash. And you never forget your first splash. I remember looking at it. Now, again, we're going back maybe 15, 16 years ago. It was Claire King, actually. And uh, thinking three million, because that's how many people used to reprint back then. Now, of course, it's millions more online, but this was a physical edition. And I remember going to bed thinking three million people in the morning are waking up to my input. I've affected three million households with what I've put out there tomorrow. And that was the magic for me. I changed the age because when I took on all the clients, they were in their early 40s and they were considered past it. That is not the case anymore. Nobody looks at women's ages until they're in their mid 50s now and starts to sort of question them. They have a much longer run. I did that because we had an entire group of women that were a, a larger generation. I did a change with the classic women's titles, which were Woman, Woman's Own, Bella and Best. Another great story. Colleen Nolan was getting married. I went to OK and Hello, both of which I love. But they went, mm, well, we'll put it in the back a couple of pages. I said, you don't get this. This is a woman that is really popular yes she's like marmite some people won't like her but as a majority of this country want to see she's lost all this weight she's marrying her husband it's a big day for her it's a big deal i went to woman magazine i said i'm proposing that you put colleen nolan's wedding on the whole front cover of woman which at the time was covered in soaps and this that and the other and do a special wedding edition and see if it sells. And she went, that is the most outrageous thing I've ever heard, ever. They'll never go for it. Let me try. She went upstairs. She fought for it. They got it signed off. It sold 286,000 copies. Wow. Upsell that week. That then changed the classics titles. And those girls, Colleen Nolan, Denise Welsh, Claire King, Michelle Collins, Gaynor Fay. Stephanie Beach and we're earning 10 grand a cover. We used to joke it was supermodel money and were considered the HRT Brat Pack. It was this sort of group and it took over and it re made them realise that the country's full of women that are getting older. Like, I'm now in my 40s. I don't want to look at a Love Island girl. I want to look at a woman who is in my era, either just coming up or just below her because I'm ageing. And I want to sort of be aware of the stuff that is similar to me. So the Love Island figures are interesting because if you if you check them, the demographic of the women that are over 40 and 50, they're not watching it. We've now moved into throwaway television. Yeah. And that's what it is. And we're seeing that with Love Island. And I, I, I met Mike that sadly took his own life several times. He was so stunningly attractive that at the TV Choice Awards, people literally stood and stared at him. He was like a Greek god. 
and a lovely guy. So what must have been going on inside all of that is a mysterious tragedy that is proof that the veneer of no matter how beautiful we look, he didn't need filters, he really was that attractive. And how much we do with Facetune and FaceApp and all this Insta lies and everything that we do that somewhere this insecurity, which is what the topic of this podcast is about, you know, it can eat you away and it can kill you. Mm. And no matter no matter of gloss on top will will hide what that problem is. I mean, he was almost dying in plain sight because he was showing off this this lifestyle of like he was opening a restaurant and all this things left, but obviously he was battling some sort of terrible depression. And I don't know where you even begin and end with that sort of situation, like because nobody saw that coming and if nobody saw that coming and like I say I did meet him several times and like you just would never have imagined it ever reality television of the last 20 years has been celebrities who are hardened who are trained who have survived this business for years these are civilians real people that are now thrust into a gladiator's pit for the nation to rip them apart and then who's going to pick up the pieces that's why I never that's why I never ever did any representation from anyone in that area because I wasn't qualified I'm not qualified um professionally to look after them and I would take my responsibility seriously that I wouldn't I wouldn't do that and I think the people that do look after them and do make money from them really need to be on top of that because for me that's still one of the most shocking things of of the last few years that has happened you weren't on telly or in media unless you had a talent the caveat and the alternative to that was if you married talent now weirdly that's gone away and we had like 15 years of footballers wives and snooker wives and people that were with someone and anyone that went with ronnie wood or whatever in the next minute they were in Big Brother and so on and so forth. Look at Paul Hollywood at the moment. I believe she's on the front covers uh, right now, that girl. Um, they've been replaced by this new era, but it's such a strange... I don't recognise it right now. Well, I'm going to leave it there because mm-hmm. that is the entertainment industry and, you know, security and security is all about different insecurities. And for me, the entertainment industry is one of the most insecure businesses to be part of. of course it is. It's dog-eat-dog. Dog. There are people who are gunning for my job there are people 100%. I would love to have their job, uh, mm. although I wouldn't trap on their shoes like some people do to me. I agree um, with that. And it is, you never know when the next paycheck's coming. We're all freelance mm-hmm. in this industry. You could lose your job like that, and it's not that easy. And people are staying in their jobs for longer and longer. It's not got that turnaround. There is no grad scheme. There is no path. There you is. do what you do, and you hope so. at some point someone will pick you up, an agent will pick you up, they'll put you on the right show, and you'll have your career. But it is such a hard industry to be part of. Girls is one of the best books I've ever read. It is bitchy, it is funny, it's got secrets, it's got twists, it's a roller coaster that of you just need to read. Um, that's been Secure the Insecure with me, Johnny Seifert, sponsored by Sam Jennings uh, Financial Planning. If you like what you had, please do rate the podcast and share it with your friends. It is so important that we help spread the word that it's okay to not be okay. Until next time, I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you and goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.